welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 2nd of September. And on this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 1982. And we travel to Redding in Northern California, where Seraphim Rose, an American priest monk of the Russian Orthodox Church, died at the young age of 48. He had translated many Orthodox Christian texts and authored several works. And he lived a punishing aesthetic life and became obsessed with the apocalypse and his writings have been credited with helping to spread Eastern Orthodox Christianity throughout the West, his renown extending to Russia itself, where his works were secretly reproduced and distributed by Samistat during the communist era. Samistat which is Russian for self-publishing, refers to literature that was secretly written, copied and circulated in the former Soviet Union and usually was critical of the practices of the Soviet government. It began appearing following Stalin's death in 1953, largely as a revolt against official restrictions on the freedom of expression because of the government's strict monopoly on presses, photocopiers and other such devices, Samistat publications typically took the form of carbon copies of typewritten sheets and were passed by hand from reader to reader. Seraphim Rose wrote the most popular work on the afterlife, although some Orthodox Christians strongly disagreed with aspects of it. The book was called The Soul After Death. And it was an interpretation and a summary of ancient teachings of the Orthodox Church. And typewritten instalments of the soul after death were distributed through the Samistat before the fall of communism. Before he became Father Seraphim, his name was Eugene Rose. And he excelled at school and received a scholarship to attend Pomona College to study philosophy. During college, he immersed himself in philosophy, classical music and literature, theatre and languages. And he moved within a circle of friends inclined towards intellectual and artistic pursuits. We were outsiders and not unhappy about it, says Lawrence McGivray. We didn't conform. We didn't join fraternities. We didn't drink beer. We were a more open and tolerant group in a time of heightened intolerance. While at Pomona, Rose and some friends, including McGivory, heard a lecture by a former Anglican priest, Alan Watts, who had become a convert to Zen Buddhism. Rose would go on to study under Watts, before becoming disillusioned and referring to him as an armchair Buddhist. He then became interested in a Chinese Taoist scholar named Ji Ming Shen, and learned to read ancient Chinese so that he could access the early Taoist texts. However, Rose's spiritual journey led him back to Christianity and into the Russian Orthodox Church. Influenced by his then gay partner in San Francisco, John Gregerson, who introduced him to the Russian Orthodox Church outside of Russia. But while Rose was immersing himself in the mystique of ancient orthodoxy, 
His partner, who had written a book about the church, was losing interest in it, and soon they split up. And later, referring to his adult, young adult years, he once said, I was in hell. I know what hell is. And the harshness of the ascetic life that followed indicated that he was dead to this world, but alive to the next. And more concerned about purifying his soul than adorning his body. He became a monk on the mountainside above Platina, in 1970, at the age of 36, with a Russian-American named Gleb Podmoshensky. They established a sket, or a small brotherhood, not as large or formal as a monastery. And Father Gleb became abbot-termine, and they cooked their meals outside on a camp stove, sometimes in knee-deep snow and hauled water up from the base of the mountain in an old pickup truck. They published a journal which they called The Orthodox Word, using a hand press that Rose had bought for $200. And they later brought a used linotype machine and a generator to run it. And their flow of publications grew to include calendars and books. The monks ate no meat, but they did eat fish. And the monastic rules that they followed permitted no unnecessary talking or casual reclining or crossing one's legs when seated. The skit was established not as a place of retreat, but of seclusion and struggle. We must have a minimum of conveniences and trust in God instead of devices. However, Herman once said of him, above all, Father Seraphim knew how to suffer. At Platina, Rose lived for years in an uninsulated shack without running water or electricity, and with a tiny wooden bur wood burning stove for warmth. He had built the cabin himself out of salvaged lumber on land that his parents helped him buy, and in winter, the silent pine forest that pressed in on their outpost was often deep in snow. In the summer the heat could be stifling, and the cabin, called a cell in the monastic tradition, was about eight foot by ten feet, a tiny room attached to the main structure containing a small shelf of books that served as Rose's library. He slept in a corner on a bed made of two boards, and from this shadowy cell, lit with candles and oil lamps, came a torrent of writings that exalted an ancient, literal, traditionalist view of the Orthodox faith. One that could be considered extreme, even fanatical, but by some clerics. He had a fascination with the end times, and would often say, as an apocalyptic warning, it's later than you think. Hasten, therefore, to do the work of God. Russian Orthodoxy was divided by a long-running feud between the Russian Orthodox Church outside of Russia, to which Rose belonged, and the Church within Russia. Those loyal to the Church abroad contend that it was the true free Church, the preserver of the piety that had existed before the Bolsheviks, 
and they believed that the hierarchy within Russia had become corrupted by decades of subservience to the Soviet regime. The Church Abroad, on the other hand, is regarded as a separatist group, mired in very old and obsolete doctrines. And much of Rose's work seemed to bypass church hierarchy altogether, speaking directly to the Russian laity as well as the American converts. His admiration for Russian people and their struggles was undisguised. And fervently anti-communist, he suggested that communists fall and the resurrection of Holy Russia would presage the end of the world. However, in 1982, the harshness of his life caught up to him. For days he had endured agonising stomach pain and he'd kept to his cell, resisting entreaties that he go to a doctor. And when his condition finally worsened, monks drove him to the emergency room and it was found during surgery that a blood clot had blocked a vein leading from the intestines, parts of which had become grey and gangrenous. He lingered for a week in intensive care, but was pronounced dead on September 2nd, 1982, at a hospital in Reading. Almost immediately, there were reports of visions and miracles, and a woman whose son had received spiritual guidance from Rose said that the day before Rose died, she received a visitation. I was working in the back room, she said. Suddenly time stopped. And in front of me I saw Father Seraphim all shining, wearing glittering, silvery vestments. These are the closest words I can use to describe the light. Father Herman, the monastery's abbot, was suspended three years later from priestly duties and formally defrocked four years later after conflicts with the church hierarchy. And the brotherhood he and Rose had founded in the 60s was disassociated from the Russian Orthodox Church outside of Russia. But Father Herman continued to serve as a cleric under a non-canonical bishop. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. I hope you enjoyed listening. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at the publication of The Heliand, an old Norse epic poem about the life of Christ. We've had a few requests to group the archive of podcasts into themes to make them easier to access. To visit our website at www.pogp.net, the first theme of theologians is going up this week. And if you'd like to give any feedback, you can email us on pogppod at gmail.com. If you have time, please subscribe and share the podcast with friends. Have a lovely day wherever you are and thanks for listening.